0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to a podcast about New York sports. Sam Solo today. uh, Really just wanted to dive into what's going on in Yankee land. Um, McPhilly and I will be back sometime uh, probably early next week. We'll talk about where the Knicks are. The Knicks are tied 1-1 in a series with the Miami Heat. It's uh, Thursday afternoon that I'm recording this. The Knicks will play Saturday in Game 3 against the Miami Heat. Um, The Mets downfalling a little bit. The Devils overtake the rangers in a wonderful series that uh mcfeely and i will also get to but really wanted to focus in on what's going on in yankee land um it's gotten ugly it really has um 17 and 15 we are about a fifth of the way through the season and uh, you know just getting right to it everyone's hurt uh i think the easiest way to do this is just really put in perspective how many people are hurt right now i'll just run through the list right now uh Luis Hill, elbow, out until July. That hurts starting pitching depth. Scott Efrost, elbow, out for the season. Uh, Montas, shoulder, could make a late season um, appearance apparently. Again, haven't heard much from him. John Carlos Stanton finds himself in the IL again. Hamstring out until probably the end of May. Josh Donaldson, hamstring, not a clue on his return. Uh, Tommy Canely, biceps. I saw that he was ramping up towards uh, throwing a bullpen session. I think they said he could return early June. They're targeting Um, Luis Severino lat muscle looking to return middle to late of May. Uh, He's been throwing games. Actually, Brian Cashman said that they I thought this was kind of funny. They moved his because of the weather in New Jersey instead of him pitching for the Somerset Patriots and, you know, 50 degrees, possibly raining and gross they're actually letting him pitch in Tampa, which I guess makes sense, but I just thought it was kind of a, a, funny, a funny little tidbit there. Aaron Judge uh, hurts his hip, should be back next week. Jonathan Loisica, elbow. This is a bad one. Uh, they're looking, and they say August, possibly September, playoff run time. I'm a little skeptical just the way the Yankees handle injuries. Um, Trevino, Tommy John surgery, that was a killer out for the season. Carlos Rodon back. Uh, this is another one that Brian Cashman is going to have to answer to eventually. Uh, again, we're hoping the best for Carlos Rodon, but you know, you you, you sign. If you get damaged goods, they're damaged. I, I don't know who else to say that. Uh, so Rodon, they they've been saying that he just just can't get over the hump. Was the was the word I thought that uh, really stood out to me on Rodon because what does that mean? Like, is he never going to pitch again? Uh, is he not going to pitch this season? Really, there's no clue. But again, your biggest free agent signing, we're now two months into the season and we have no idea when he's going to pitch. Not good. Um, and then just last night, uh, they get the win. They they win a series. I don't know how they did it, but they won a series uh, against the Guardians nonetheless, which is, you know, not a, a walkover team. And Peraza gets hurt at the end of the game, sli- uh, le- not sliding at the second. And actually, but it looked like earlier, uh, in the steal between first and second, he might've stumbled. And I think Boone said he twisted his ankle, but, um, didn't, he came out of the game. Uh, we're going to wait on his status. And then also Harrison Bader, uh, I guess collides with, uh, IKF in left center, uh, hits his head against IKF's hip. Really weird. Uh, honestly lucky that it wasn't worse than what it looked like, but Bader hurt his head waiting on those two guys status. Um, I'd say that Bader should be, should be fine. I would, Almost guarantee the Yankees give him a day off tomorrow, uh, meaning Friday. Almost guarantee. Um, regardless of whether he's on the IL or, you know, you know, if he's active, I still think they give him a rest. Um, they said they wanted to ease him back into it anyway. But, um, yeah, look, there's a lot of injuries. And I think that, you know, Cashman did the right thing yesterday um, where he kind of... Apparently he was getting a bunch of requests to do, like, you know, side interviews... You know, New York Times, the Athletic, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, and he just said, "You know what? Let's just do it all at once." He sat there, took every question, and just like Cashman does, he he kind of went through every single one and tried to restore some faith back into this fan base. Not that it's you know totally lost. It's not like they're you know they're still above five hundred, where teams would teams there are still teams in the league that would beg for the Yankees record right now. Uh, so it's not like. You know, people say, you know, you got your head in the toilet right now or things are going down the toilet, but that toilet's really a very nice toilet to have your head down (laughs) for lack of a better term, uh, you know, just being a Yankee fan, but just wanted to get on here and give some thoughts. Um, A couple big glaring issues to me outside of the injuries, obviously. Um, One came, really came up in uh, the game the other day where Domingo Horman is absolutely coasting and... I'll say this about Domingo. I like what I've seen from him. You know, you could call him... I thought it was very funny that he was accused of cheating on Jackie Robinson Day. Not funny, but like... If he was really cheating on Jackie Robinson Day, he's an asshole. Let's just be honest. Um, But he's cruising. And then Boone takes him out and goes to Clay Holmes. Which, they have all of the trust in Clay Holmes in the world still. Well, not they. Maybe they. But from what I see, it's Boone. And he's backed him up. He literally said even afterwards that pretty much he would do it again. Uh, he has full faith in him, and it's starting to get to the point where it's it's hard to back up because the results are just not there, and uh, very staggering. But um, Clay Holmes, his first 63 games as a Yankee, uh, remember his whole dominant stretch, he was an all-star, um, 63 games, 67 innings pitched, .94 ERA, strikeout per nine, 1.34 walk per nine. Amazing. That's a closer. That's someone that, again, the Yankee way, hand the ball to your closer in the ninth inning, and you should win the game. That's just what the Yankees believe in. It's the Mariano Rivera thought. It's, It's, again, what every team wishes or wants to have. They want, if you can make a game where, you only have to play eight innings where the other team has to play nine because you have an elite closer. You're immediately at an advantage walking into every game. And over the past 35 games with Clay Holmes, the Yankees have just not had that. Uh, Again, past 35 games, 34 innings pitched for Holmes, 5.29 ERA, 9.79 strikeout per nine, and then this is the worst one. And I think that this is the telling one. Uh, remember, first 63, his walks per nine, 1.34. His last 35, 5.03 walks per nine. That's just a straight command issue. That's not, uh, you know, he, he's got the stuff, all the numbers. The Yankees will, will spit out all the numbers of his horizontal break, his vertical break. It's the command. Like, it doesn't matter if your, your pitch breaks, you know, from one dugout to the other. It, if you can't command it and throw strikes, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, it, it's guys will swing and miss, yeah, but, it, it, you know, it's then you're relying on them to do something. If I'm a closer and I'm, you know, someone that only needs to throw one inning and has dominant pitches with a dominant movement. You know, I, I want them to make the mistakes, not me. You know, put the ball in the zone and let your let your stuff do the talking. Let You know, let your sinker, let guys swing over your sinker and get some ground balls to, you know, second base, shortstop, third base. You know, you don't have to strike out every batter, especially a guy like Clay Holmes with a dominant sinker. I think it's, you know, I think the, a much deeper problem with the Yankees is I think they, they try and make all of their pitchers into the same mold when – that you know, just from from people that don't even know baseball would tell you that's just kind of silly when guys just throw different pitches, different arm slots, different uh, you know ideas about the game. I, I really the only one that kind of supersedes this is to me is Garrett Cole and because <laughs> he's deserved it. To me, everyone in the bullpen is, is just a clone of one another, right? There, it's always this two seam trying to incorporate the the slider with a little sinking fastball, and it's just like power pitching. There's no like the only one that really throws like a a big loopy curveball is, is really Garrett Cole. Everyone else is relies on I guess Ron Marinaccio has that long little sweeper that he throws and that's been coming into the MLB uh, for a while now. But I, I think it's it's getting concerning for Clay Holmes. It's and, and not getting it's been concerning for Clay Holmes where you know I think they phantom I-ed him last year towards the end of the season to try and rest him or get him right for the postseason. That's not working. Uh, and to me, the only answer is just reassign the role. And there's a, this is another problem that the Yankees are running into where they, they had this like underlying allegiance to people that don't necessarily deserve it. Like Josh Donaldson, there's no reason other than the ridiculous amount of money they pay him. There's no reason that they should have went into the season and been fully sold that Josh Donaldson is the third baseman after whatever the hell that was last year that he did the worst year of his career. Statistically. And I think Clay Holmes is falling into that mold. Like, there's no the Yankees have zero reason other than, you know, the first sixty three games. So I shouldn't say zero reason, but they they believe that he can get back there when he hasn't been like that in, you know, almost a quarter of a season, which is not that's that's not actually more than a quarter of a season. It's it's not what you want. It, it, you know, it's really ugly, and I think that. To me, the the easiest answer, and I, again, I think it's we're not too far off from this, if not there already, It'd be interesting to see what happens in this upcoming race series. I think the closer has to be Mike King, and I'll, I'll take it a step further. Uh, you know, take a uh, Wandy Peralta has been struggling of last like two weeks or so, but again, everyone in the Yankees, he's one that Wandy is one guy that I'll say. You know, you kind of just root for, and the Yankees are, are, they just know he'll get right. Just like the way he is. Apparently, he's the leader of the bullpen out there, according to, you know, multiple reports. Um, guys look up to him. He always wants the ball in his hand in a big situation. How about this? Juan, he's good at getting lefties out. Mike King is amazing at getting everyone out. Mike King this year, 17 innings pitched, 1.56 ERA, 10.4 strikeout per nine, and 2.0, 2.01 walks per nine. He's been dominant, and he's been the Yankees' best weapon out of the bullpen. Uh, there's no reason why they should have this allegiance to Clay Holmes where no one else is an option to close. And I think that I would be open to not only having Mike King be the sole closer, but, you know, if you find your lane where you get a team like the Guardians that have a lot of lefties and Stephen Kwan and Josh Naylor, throw Wandy in there to get the lefties out. You know, you get the top of that order where you get Kwan, Ramirez, Naylor, that's a good lane for Wandi. Uh, and then against a righty dominant lineup, you know, m- maybe you throw Mike King to close the game. I, I'm, I'm a big believer in, uh, they, they pl- platoon guys in the middle of uh, bullpens. I guess, it's not sessions, but they bl- they'll platoon guys in the middle of bullpen lanes. and But they won't do it at the end of the game when it's more of a high leverage. Like, why wouldn't you want a better matchup at the end of a game, but you're okay with getting the better matchup in the middle of the game? It doesn't make sense to me. It never has. It's something that I've always thought. Um, and I, I don't know why more teams don't do it. Um, but conversation for another day. Uh, I don't think the Yankees have a bullpen problem, but what I will say is I think that that kind of that allegiance that I spoke to kind of falls on Aaron Boone a little bit because look, we can say he's a slave to the analytics. We can say that it's the front office that's making the decisions. Uh, at a point, you know, you got to have a little bit of a feel for the game and one to take Domingo out there, uh, you know, just the tough look, I think Yankee fans would almost say that they would have rather seen Domingo, you know, give up like a, a home game tying home run in the ninth inning after going eight and a third scoreless one hit baseball. I think Yankee fans would be okay. If that's the case, to be honest, And that's just to me, that's just part of the feel for the moment. You know not that Boone has to you know please Yankee fans with his moves but to a point when you you're on a you're on a really bad skid and you're kind of getting every win you possibly can in by the skin of your teeth and you need it at this point you know being so far back from the Rays, I think you got to have a little bit more of a feel for the moment and right now Boone is you know I'm not one to say that you know fire Boone I'm not on that train yet but there's been a couple moves, uh, specifically this this past series, and I don't know if it's just because the you know the the roster depth is is at a glaring disadvantage. Um, you know, there's really not there's really not much like good buttons for Boone to push right now. But I think that one button that he he can and should be pushing very soon is making Mike King the closer until you know maybe Clay Holmes is even better in a setup role. He's even better as an eighth seventh inning guy. We've seen that happen before. Um, I, I think there's needs to be some change in the bullpen. That's first off. Um, I thought in sticking with Boone, I thought it was really curious last night why IKF stayed in left field at the end of the game. I thought that to so put him there where, you know, you, you could have put as you could have put when Peraza gets hurt and you pinch run Peraza for Rizzo. I thought the easy thing was Oswaldo goes to, to left DJ goes, stays at first IKF goes to third, where he's won a Gold Glove. Let me put this in perspective. You know, go, he's not a Gold Glove third baseman. I, I'd, I'd be lying to to say that he is a you know a true Gold Glove third baseman. But he has won it, so you know I'm just going to say what it is. It, I think it is really silly to put IKF in left field where he hasn't gotten a rep since spring training and has never played there. I think he played there maybe once, once or never in the MLB. To put him in left field in the ninth inning of a one run game, questionable Boone. That's that's you gotta question that. When you have a guy, Oswaldo, who yeah, he can play every position. You got guys who have played there before. Aaron Hicks even. Like I just thought it was very questionable what they did at the end of the game there. Um I again, with the injuries, we hope Peraza's is back. I really have no clue what they're gonna do if Peraza's is hurt. There's like no one. I mean, like the only one guy I saw the other day that uh, that was actually I think DFA'd or maybe optioned uh, Tyler Wade. I always liked the what he brought to the Yankees. He's bounced around from he was on the Angels. I think he was on the Athletics his last stint. Um, yeah, I, I thought that I thought that was very questionable. But again, there's really not many you know moves per se for Boone to make. Uh, it, it's like there there's. There's no one on the bench. Your bench, you know, your bench yesterday is feeble, it, it really. There's guys in the bench that uh, shouldn't be on MLB rosters, to be honest. And you know, when you have Willie Calhoun as your your fifth hitter in your lineup with World Series aspirations, that's uh th- that just tells us all it is, honestly. Um, as for the Yankee outfield, uh, as a whole, I guess I'll, I'll move over there. I like Bowers. I think he's got a great swing. Had a big home run yesterday. Um. Re- really nice Yankee Stadium swing. He actually made really good contact in his first at bat as well. Um, I think he again he knows how to play the outfield. He's he's not a rookie. He's actually I think he's a somewhat older. He's had he has major league experience but not much. But I like him there uh, as as long as it as long as it holds up. Uh, I, you know, it's only very very small sample size. But until he's worse than you know your other options. Keep running them out there. You're not gonna lose, really. Let it. Let's see what you got. I actually said this yesterday, talking to some friends. You know, a lot of Yankee fans will remember the uh, when a couple years ago. I want to say it was maybe 2021 20, when a bunch of guys got hurt, and then it was like the the baby Yankees, where Greg Allen was up, and it was just a fun team. They started stealing. They started laying down buns. It was a fun team, and I think I, I would like to see the Yankees. You know, kind of say. Look, this is what we got right now. Let's make it work. And uh, it, we're almost at that point. But as for the outfield, um, I don't mind IKF in center. Uh, obviously, Bader is our center fielder day in and day out. But um, on days where you give Bader a rest, I don't mind having IKF in center. Do I want him starting there, you know, in the playoffs ever? No, not, not for a second. But I don't mind him. I think he's fine in center field as a defensive center fielder. And not for nothing, he makes contact, which is better than a lot of what the other Yankees are doing right now. So, look, I'm not going to be the one to say, like, hey, IKF's going to save us, but I don't mind him there. Um, I I think that that's – I think if the Yankees are really true about, you know, not that they aren't, but based on Cashman's quotes yesterday, they are true to, you know, running a uh, championship operation, I think was his exact words. They're gonna to have to make a move there. Uh, one guy that just comes to mind. I'm not gonna make this a you know a trade deadline episode or talk or segment, or whatever. But I think you know you gotta. I think you should really watch the Giants uh, because Jock Peterson plays the outfield, is a lefty, hits for power. I think would be a great add to this team. Uh, I think the exact is exactly what the Yankees have been looking for. They had talks around Ian Happ uh, last year among Brian Reynolds guys like that. Um, you know, I think that's going to be the move to make. Uh, I I can't see them making a move for another arm. I know, you know, the Rodon thing is, is a terrible situation. I spoke about that before. Um, they're going to, I think the Yankees are going to take their starting pitching and say, well, instead of trading for someone, we're just going to hope that Seve and Rodon come back and those are going to be our additions for a run or the second half of the season, whatever, you, whatever, whenever they come back. And you know I don't hate that, and in, in the past I hated that, but now you're getting you're getting guys who Rodon, you know, at a, on his best could win the Cy Young, and we've seen what Seve can do at his best. So I don't hate that for the for the starting pitching. Um, but again, I guess I'll go right to starting pitching now. Clark Schmidt can't get lefties out. It's no joke. It's it's not a joke anymore. It's a, it's not a small sample size. They're hitting. I I promise you. Look look it up. Lefties are hitting 400 average, not OPS. They are hitting 400 against Clark Schmidt. That's not okay. It's just not. That's he. You cannot keep rolling him out there like that. Uh, let him go down. Bring up someone that. Look, I'll even bring up someone that you know is a shot. Almost not not a shot in the dark, but Yankees traded Joey Gallo for Clayton Beater, and uh, apparently everyone's high on Clayton Beater. He's in Double A right now. He's actually having. Putting up some decent numbers there. Call him up. Like, what do you have to lose? Service time on Clayton Beater. You traded Joey Gallo for him. Like, call him up. See what he's got. Let him. If you're going to tell Clark Schmidt to just make it through four innings, why can't you tell anyone else in your organization to just go four innings to hand it over to the bullpen? Or even this. Even you know, like I said, I mentioned that the the Guardians very lefty oriented, very lefty heavy. And I know that teams can always change their their lineups based on who's pitching, but. Why don't you, like, platoon Clark with someone? Clark does have uh, relief pitching experience. He's comfortable out of the bullpen. Uh, I mean, I guess you could say he's comfortable starting, quote-unquote, but his numbers wouldn't say so. Um, But then why don't you put someone else that, you know, can get lefties out, where if you face a team like the Guardians, you kind of skip Clark, tell him go to the bullpen for that, you know, that little stretch, and then you ramp him up to go start, uh, make a spot start against the next team that's more righty dominant. I think that... Again, I'm a big fan of the platoons if you're noticing a pattern here, uh both at the beginning and the end of pitching stabs. Uh I think that it, it could definitely work. They cannot keep rolling out Clark Schmidt against any lefty to be honest. It, it's just it's almost an automatic hit at this point. It's it's bad. Um some other notes around, around the pitching uh Let's be honest. Nestor's been a little bit shaky. Uh, He's been having some trouble with righties. He has an eight twenty seven. Righties have an eight twenty seven OPS against him versus five hundred four for lefties. Um, Not what you want there. I think like again, I think Nestor is going to be fine. Uh, You know, looking at his some of his stats statistically, sorry, stats historically, uh, his worst two months of his his career are always March and April. he has a 7.62 OPS uh, against in the months of March and April his entire career versus 5.94 in May. I think it's just more so he might just be one of those guys that takes like a month or two or a couple starts to get to get loose, uh, kind of get the feel. I also think that Nestor is one of those guys that he goes as the Yankees go in a sense that like, when the Yankees are good, they're cooking, the The stadium's live, guys are high-fiving the dugout, he thrives off of that. And I think that when, you know, when the Yankees are down in the dumps and they're they're performing like they're performing right now, he doesn't really thrive in these. Like, he's, he's a big energy guy. You get what I'm saying. He, he thrives off of the, the high-energy Yankees, not the low-energy Yankees. Um, But, yeah... Really, other than that, uh, you know, the I, I haven't really had much of an issue with the lineup. I like Volpe uh, leading off, actually. I think he's actually been, he's been improving slowly, but surely. He, he's been making, even his outs are really hard contact. Um, he made a couple, you know, bad plays at short, but this is growing pains. Uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say I didn't want him up, but, you know, everyone wants Volpe up. Everyone wants to call up the kids. This is what you get when you call up the kids. You get some errors. You get some, you know, tough stretches, but... As long as you're seeing, you know, uh, progression over the, the larger sample sizes, I think that, you know, Volpe's going to be fine, if not really good for the Yankees. And honestly, let him have, you know, this is his time to shine. There's no one, if is if hurt, there's no one behind him that anyone can even question should play. No one's calling for IKF to play shortstop. There's no one's calling for anyone to, you know, make a trade for shortstop. This is his job, and he's going to get the run, and... So far, so far, I've been I've been happy with what I've seen. Could it could it be better? Could I, do I wish it was the average was a little higher? Yes. Do I wish the fielding was a little cleaner? Yes. But again, it's May fourth. Uh, a lot of season left. A lot of season left. And uh, just to close out, I just had a thought the other day. Uh, again, watching the Lakers, Warriors, watching you know, just like really just watching the Lakers kind of revamp their team over the entire year. Uh, I was, you know, kind of cross-referencing basketball and baseball and just the ideas, ideals that they kind of share. I think the Yankees are beginning to laker the MLB, and what I mean by that is, if you look at the Lakers and you follow the Lakers, the Lakers were shit in the middle of the year. They were really bad, like almost like a, a laughing stock, where they it was like just it was just LeBron and friends. I mean, AD was hurt. This guy was hurt. There was Russell Westbrook throwing up bricks every night. The the team was just not it. But what do the what do the Yankees always say about the postseason? And what have the Lakers proven now in this postseason? We can do whatever we want in the regular season. If we're there at the end and we sneak in, it's a crapshoot. And I and what do the Lakers do? The Lakers go and beat the Grizzlies after the Grizzlies were uh, the favorite in the series, and now they take Game One in Golden State against the Warriors. I think the Yankees are trying to bring that into the MLB, and what I mean by that is they realize that there's an added wildcard spot now, and they realize that the playoff seating is, is set up a little bit differently, and it makes it easier for more teams to get in, right? there, Just naturally, there's more teams that are in the playoff hunt with the extra wildcard spot, plus the bottom half of the, the American League is really weak. So I think that the Yankees probably look at the season as a, as a whole and say, look, Let's, let's, we're not going to do anything early. Let's hope that we get off to a good start like we did in 2022. Uh, Not, not the case right now, but I think they, they're just trying to not, not that they're not trying to win the division, but the Rays are really good. But I think what the Yankees are really seeing is as long as we get in, it doesn't matter what our regular season record is. It doesn't matter how well we performed in May. It matters how we're going to perform in September and October and and as long as we're healthy for then and as long as we have our guys, then that's what we want. And that's it's I call it lakering. It's they're lakering the NBA or the MLB. Um, and they also just say that you know a good month or a good month or two or even a really good month like the Yankees started with last year, that'll just get you in in itself. You know, if I have twenty five games in a month, do those twenty five games? If I go you know twenty and five in those games in – in August, is that any different than going 20-5 and five in those games in May? No, it's not. So, I, I look, I, do I agree with it? Not necessarily. I think you should be, as a, as a Yankee fan and as, you know, someone who understands the, the Yankee prowess, I guess, I want to win every game, you know, just being honest. Uh, so, to see them, you know, f- playing some really bad baseball and seeing this early on is unsettling to me, but... Uh, I guess I digress in that I think I, I've caught on to what the Yankees think. And I think that when they say that the playoffs are a crapshoot, they kind of are also saying that the whole year is almost a crapshoot because as long as you get one or two good months, you'll be good. Like, play 500, if you play 500 baseball every month but two, and those two months you play, you, you win at like a 66% clip, you're going to make the playoffs. And honestly, the Yankees are as much of disarray the Yankees are in and all the injuries they're still above 500 they're still the the entire AL East is good don't be thrown off by the fact that they're in last place because they would be second first in some divisions so just wanted to get on here and give a little bit of a state of the union on the Yankees uh, i know a lot of yankee fans are frustrated with their performance um and you know it's let's get weird time let's get weird with the Yankees let's see some guys stepping up again willie Calhoun huge series hit a home run, hit two home runs against the Guardians in the series. You could say that he won the series for the Yankees, make the argument. Uh, I just think, look, they'll be there at the end. Uh, Am I a little nervous with the health of some guys? Yes. Uh, But when those guys start coming back and guys start, guys like Anthony Volpe start hitting their stride, Bader starts hitting his stride. Uh, Maybe, again, like I said, Nestor starts hitting his stride. He's shown uh, historical struggles in the beginning of the year that have gotten better as the year goes on. Not worried. Thanks for listening. We'll be back later next week. Uh, Go Knicks and go Yankees.